0: Good afternoon, everyone. Cleve Gaddis, uh, I am filling in for Verl working today, and I don't want anybody to be disappointed that it is me uh, instead of Verl. In fact, at the end, I want you to be glad that it was me instead of <laughs> Verl. And so, I want to bring it today. Before I do anything like this, I always say a prayer to myself and I always talk about how I want to make sure that we're empowering the people who attend these things, that we're giving them good information and systems and tools that they can use to be more powerful as it relates to being able to have a little bit more control of their lives or create the business they want or have more free time or be a better husband or wife or mother or father or cousin or grandfather or whatever it might be. So my hope is today that you will not only just get some practical information from Mike Koch that you can use um, to, to grow your business, but I hope that you get what you want out of life when you use this information to grow your business. Our title is Productivity and Culture, How to Maximize Your Team's Happiness and Profitability. And what's interesting, Mike, is that Uh, The words happiness and profitability typically don't go together very well, especially it's not what people perceive in our world today. And normally that profitability comes from driving people and setting deadlines and being hard on people and top grading, getting rid of the people who don't perform and all the stuff that has these negative connotations. You and I met Mike uh, four years ago, almost five years ago. It's been a long time. I think the very first webinar you did for Workman Success, Success Systems, you and I did it together. Uh, and we had such a freaking good time back then. And I was watching how how you were growing into something that was so very different. And one of the things that really, really stood out to me as you and I talked is that you're not creating a complicated business. You're taking the simple systems that somebody is teaching you, in your case, your workman success systems coach, Jim Knowlton, who happens to be the director of coaching. And you're applying those systems consistently in your business. And we were just at the beginning stages, Mike, of you starting to experience some growth, meaning you had gone from, let's just call it average-ish to starting to feel like, hey, I got something here when you and I did our last webinar together. And you have had explosive growth uh, since then, even through the pandemic. And so I hope everybody on recognizes that that we've got the, the benefit of having a panelist on today or a guest on today who really can give you good practical information and practical knowledge uh, about what you need to do to create more happiness on your team and more profitability. Mike, tell us a little bit more, if you will, about yourself and your team, just to give everybody an understanding of who they're listening to today.
1: Yeah, so you know, you're right, Cleve, it's, it doesn't take rocket science to, to build what we have. And, and quite frankly, there's been other pioneers in front of me that I've been able to follow and lean on like a Christy Buck and an Elite Tessier and, and even yourself. So I, I appreciate that guidance and that mentorship. But, uh, you know, I, I didn't go to college. Um, you know, shortly after high school, I got into the Marines and uh, served my country in the Marines. And so I'm an uneducated military guy. And so it has to be simple, right? But um, I'm not afraid of hard work. So it's, it's not easy. There's a lot of hard work, but it, but it is really simple if you can follow the process and, and quite frankly, work and success. I, I wouldn't be here today with the team that we have and the success that we've enjoyed and the impact that we've been able to do to the community. If it wasn't for Viral Workman, workman success and and my coach, Jim Knowlton. So I want to give a shout out to Jim Knowlton who I started with back in February of 2016. And to today, he is still my coach. And um, even though we've had that growth, I think it's still important that I have a coach because there's been so many times where I've run into situations where I don't know what I don't know. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, we started off back in 2016 as it was myself and I had another full-time agent yep. and, um, and a, and a client care coordinator or an administrative person at that time. Then my wife, who was very part-time in the business. Right. And we started off out of necessity cleave. I mean, we, it was 2010 when I started this business and that was as, as a result of the economic crash and where I previously worked. So we started our own company, our own brokerage yep. called Terra Firma realty. And, uh, in 2016 is when I came into the Workman Success family. And at that time, we were a four-person team doing 45 to 50 transactions in a year, a GCI of about $365,000 at the time. And we just started implementing right away. Um, I can certainly be led. I've got no problem with hard work. And we just followed the process, the Workman Success process, and started implement- implementing all those systems and following the way. And today, um, there is, I believe there's 14 people on our team right now. Uh, we also have a couple part-time people that do field service work for us, like clock boxes, signage, um, flyers and whatnot. But we have 14 full-time employees. We've added four in the last 30 days. Uh, we've moved into a new office space. Um, I saw that. Our- If we move the plan, we'll do about 300 units this year and and have a GCI over $2 million. So, you know, we've essentially grown five to six times in the last five years just following the workman way.
0: So, Mike, let's get real here. And I want to anybody who's listening uh, that looks at it and says, hey, um, this sounds a little bit like a workman commercial. That's not really what it is. Mike is not saying if you need coaching, it needs to be workman. What he's saying is that almost everybody needs a coach. And so if you think that Workman Success Systems might be right for you, it's easy. Just go to workmansuccess.com. You can schedule a business consultation or kind of a business evaluation. There's no charge. There's no obligation, no nothing. Mike, you just got a shout out from um, Hip Realty Group in Frisco, Texas. Uh, they appear to be a fan of yours, uh, as, I, as I'm sure most everybody else will be <laughs> by the end of the call. Let's get real for a second. When you started in real estate, were you confident that you could create a business that would be stable and go from 200,000 or whatever the number was up to $2 million in a five or six year period, or were there a lot of periods where you were scared? You were not, you were not confident in your ability to do what you needed to do to create a business that could give you the lifestyle that you're looking for.
1: I think there's, there's like, two milestones that come to mind right away, Cleveland. One of them okay. was talking to one of our new agents that we just hired this morning. And because we did role play this morning at eight 30 and we got done with the role play and I went and give him a fist bump. I said, Hey, great job rocking that LP mama script. And we talked about the very first phone call that I had back in 2001 when I got into real estate. And I'll tell you, no, I wasn't confident. Matter of fact, I was scared, right? I was leaving a very comfortable salary in 2001 of about $36,000 a year. And uh, I was going 100% commission and I had a family and I was really scared. And I remember how I bombed that first phone call and I said, I can't, for my family, I can't have this happen anymore. Well, then in 2010, as a result of the recession and the company that I used to work for going out of business, It was a necessity for me to start my own business so that i could employ as many of the people that were about to lose their job working for that other company as i could and i'll tell you what i was just as scared in 2010 starting my own business as i was after that very first phone call so no it was a very scary time and i quite frankly i wish i had had more guidance at that time instead of trying to figure it out on my own
0: so for those who are on today's webinar and who feel on the inside they don't have as much confidence as they need to, or as they have to project on the outside? Would you just say to them, "Welcome to the group." That's the way we all yeah. are. Those that are really, really, really successful, and those who not, who are not, we're all wired up the same. Yeah, it's we're all normal. wired it's up normal. the same. Totally it's normal. normal, and
1: I, I feel that w- I feel that way right now. I mean, we've just grown our team by four more people, and those are salaried positions that we added to support our agents. And uh, so I have a very uncomfortable level of feeling right now, because I'm going to have to generate that income to pay for these people that make this machine run. So it's just, a natural part of the process and if we're in our comfort zone then we're likely not growing so it's important that we get out of that
0: so let's stick right there on that point let's put a pin in that right now because you just brought up an interesting concept hey now i've added these people so it's my responsibility to create create the additional income to cover the expenses of those people but when it boils down to it in a healthy business whose responsibility is it going to be to produce the additional income for the business to pay for the cost of an employee and this it's is not all a trick fa- question
1: no it's it's gonna fall on me and yeah. i have to absolutely put the other team members in a position to be able to do that so it, it starts with me if i'm gonna if i'm gonna hire these people and take on this expense i have to continue to grow and generate the revenue to cover for it so it's gonna yeah. start with me but i have to make sure that I empower and put the rest of the team members in a position where they contribute to that as well. So the, because I can't do it on my own.
0: And the re- so the reality is is that each one of those new employees has to generate that income themselves from helping other people or making things work better or taking things off your plate or whatever it is and i'm sorry i sort of asked that in a in a in a, in a manner that would looked like i was fishing for a particular answer but the truth is when we add people to a business it is their responsibility to make sure that they are producing uh to overall benefit the business we've got some free downloads that we're going to give you uh at the end of today's webinar you can go to Workman's success.com forward slash culture, C-U-L-T-U-R-E. And you'll get a free download of our Daily Success Habits Tracker. And you'll hear Mike Talk a little later in the presentation about how he uses that in his business. And I'm telling you, when it comes to something that is so simple, he's a rock star when it comes to that. He also has been generous enough to give you a copy of his agenda for his team daily huddle. Uh, The Rockefeller Habits, for any of you who who have ever heard of them, one of the Rockefeller Habits says... That effective meetings are meetings that provide two way communication. So it's not all the leader communicating to the team members, it's the team members having the ability to communicate back to the leader. And so be real careful and pay attention when we get to this because most people who are in leadership positions on real estate teams and in other organizations don't really understand fully the purpose of a meeting. And I think Mike has that and he'll help you understand a little bit. And don't forget, if you want a free st- strategy session, if you go to workmansuccess.com forward slash culture, all you got to do is give us a little inf- information. One of our business analysts will reach out to you, ask some questions about your business, set an appointment for you to re- to. T- have a conversation with a coaching consultant you'll come away with two or three great pieces of information probably even two or three tools that you can use immediately for your business so let's talk a little bit about these two photos and the message you're trying to convey right here because every single one of your slides is very purposeful and i want to make sure that the attendees get your meaning so you know we
1: we, we... The theme of the call being about happiness and productivity and and how can they go on hand because usually it's not you know an even scale it's usually weighted in one direction but uh you know what's interesting about this photo right here so we we do a lot of team events and this was an event that we did about two months ago on the left hand side where um it was called home on the range and uh, a lot of our team members uh enjoyed doing some Recreational shooting and some of them hadn't shot. So we went to an indoor range. We had some instruction provided to the people that had never handled a handgun before. And we just had a fun team event in a very safe environment. But then the other range part was going to a winery afterwards where they had a driving range and we hit golf balls and just sat out and just enjoyed each other. But in this photo on the left hand side is this guy on the left is Kirk. And Kirk has been with me for nine years this August. And Kirk is now semi retired. And um, he works a couple days a week, but he's still a very strong contributing factor to the team. And then in the middle or over here on the right, holding the little baby is my wife. And she's holding the kid of our marketing coordinator uh, page right here. But um, the significance of this photo is Kirk is one of the reasons why in 2016, I got into coaching. Um, because I wanted to be able to provide a higher level of training for my employees, for my team members, for my agents, so that they could reach their individual goals. guy had been with us at the time for almost four years, and financially wasn't in the place that he wanted to be. And while he, while I was a great salesperson, I was so busy producing my own business that I didn't take the time to properly train Kirk. And so we wanted to get some additional training. We wanted to get some systems. We wanted to grow. My wife there in that picture, she was very part-time with our team. Um, our team of four at the time, three and a half. And we really didn't have a business, Cleve. I mean, I had my production, but we didn't really have a business. And I wanted to provide something more for my family. And so that's the significance of that picture, getting the two of them in there in, in a very recent one. So and then can, on the right-hand can, can, side.
0: Let me just interrupt real quick, Mike, because I want to make sure that, that people didn't miss something that you said because you keep throwing out these little bitty nuggets and they'll be sandwiched right in the middle of a bunch of other words. And I want to make sure that everybody gets it. You said you were making money in real estate because you knew how to sell and you were a hard worker, but you wanted to create a business. And most people don't understand the difference in those two things. So if you're out, you and your wife, who is and who's very competent, you guys could have had a good little business uh, on your own without having to grow a team, but that wasn't a business to you. So what's the difference?
1: Well, if you have your own production and you take yourself out of production, then you have nothing. If you go on vacation, you're likely not producing. If you were to get sick, if you're sick, if you were to be in the hospital, you would have absolutely nothing. A business is something where it will continue to run if you take yourself out of it. And so if I were to go on vacation, when I go on vacation, it seems like we have the most growth and transactional volume. I think I'm getting in the way of it when I'm here, so I need to go away more often. But when there's a business, then there's going to be other people that are going to be involved and that's going to
0: continue to operate without you. So interesting concept. If you run a business and the business cannot run without you, then the business has no real value to you and absolutely, absolutely does not have any value to anyone else, which means if Mike Koch wanted to sell his business to Cleve Gaddis, and who knows, maybe someday that will happen then Cleve Gaddis needs to be able to look at that business and understand how it can run without Mike Cope being involved and without Cleve Gaddis being involved because then it becomes a business that's worth owning. So if you're creating a business that's worth owning, you'd never want to sell it exactly because it would always produce plenty of money and so a business worth owning you're never going to want to sell you're going to want to keep it but everybody else would love to have it and that's such a great distinguishing sorry mike i interrupted you as you moved over to this postcard or or this social media advertisement that's on the right side of the screen
1: yeah this was just a shout out via social media to our entire team and you know while it is the mike Coke team you notice it didn't just say Mike Coke Real Estate, it's it's the team. And that's what we really focus on. I, I like to shout out because it's the entire team. Um, Chris was the one that was involved in this particular transaction, but our entire team made such an impact to that client that she went on to Google and wrote this review about what an experience that she had with the entire team. And it's important that we're all having that same mission, that same set of core values, and we're all after the same thing. Um, because they will be touched by many different people within the team. So I just, I love everything that we do with the team. And as we go further into this um, conversation, we're going to jump into some other community events that we've done and, and team events that we've done.
0: I love it. And I happen to know uh, Chris, uh, I've met him many times. I don't know whether or not I've met uh, Kirk. Is it Kirk?
1: Kirk. Yeah. You would have Kirk. met him at one of the leverage events. Cool. I, he looked
0: familiar. You, you can't miss that mustache and the, and the, I love it. <laughs> Um, he looked familiar, but but I, but I want to make sure that we're understanding something simply. So you've told a story about Kirk and making him feel included. This story that you just told about Chris and his service, you're featuring it. You're focusing on him. So you're really trying to make him feel included. And I think that's a very important lesson for all of us. And I will tell you in full disclosure that this is not something that I'm good at. I'm a little matter of fact, a little business businesslike. You do what you need to do because you need to do it. But the reality is what everybody wants on the most basic human level is they want to be a part of something. They want to do anything they can to avoid the feeling of aloneness. And if you're on right now on the webinar and you believe there are opportunities for you to create for your team to feel more included, to feel more a part of the team, and more importantly, to feel less alone. You'll be you'd be surprised at how long you can keep people working when you celebrate them, because when you do that for someone like Chris, Mike, it solves a need that is so deep down in him, he can't even control it. And he needs somebody to say to him, dang, good job, brother, because it just goes forever. So I hope everybody's paying attention to that. I think that's a very important lesson. Let's, unless you've got anything else you want to say on that topic, Mike, let's jump into the DSH tracker and let's talk about a little bit about what it is and let's talk about how you use it.
1: This is something that we use on a daily basis and at the... At the core, of the DSH tracker is meant to track what activities you're doing throughout the day yep. and assign a value to the money-producing activities that you're doing. So if I've just got a bunch of busy work that I'm noting on the left-hand side and I go through the entire day and I, I do a bunch of activities that don't score me anything in the middle... Then I had a very unproductive day. And I, I hate the word busy, right? It's a four-letter word that I just hate because I'd rather be productive. Now when and you say
0: we, when you say don't score in the middle, you just mean in the middle of the three columns here, basically, in that yeah, one points of rhythm.
1: Correct. As you can see, there's a, there's a point there for a call, a point for an email, and there's two points for a handwritten note. So, And there's a little bit of content that's missing at the bottom of that, but I believe that might be one of the free downloads that um, you guys are going to offer at the end. But we score the money-making activities that we do throughout the day, and ideally we want to hit 61 points throughout the day so that we know that what we accomplished was moving the needle on our area of production. Okay. So if I get through the day and I scored 10 points by only making five phone calls and sending five emails, 60 days from now, my business is going to look very different than if I went out and I made 20 calls today, had 10 conversations, showed three homes, signed a listing contract, and, uh, and got a buyer's agency agreement. So this is basically there so that we can track what we're doing. And when I first started using this back in 2016,
0: I what remember. I found is that- I remember
1: we spent so much time on transaction coordination, please. So I was at that time, I was doing probably by myself about 40 transactions in a year. Yep. And I spent so much time managing my own transactions. And when we tracked how much time went into each one of those, it was very apparent that right away I needed a client care coordinator who could take over that area of responsibility and save me on average
0: about 800 to 900 hours a year. So hold on. So getting the transactions closed, is not nearly as important as bringing the future transactions into the business. Correct. <laughs> and so you don't you you had the same disease that almost everybody I have ever met who comes into real estate is they get busy, they get three or four things pending and then they spend all of their energy to make sure they hold the deals together and get them closed. And they judge their success at the end of the week each week Mike by the number of closings they had. And I want you to tell me what the number of closings you have this week has to do with this week. None. Like nothing at all. And if it's okay for me to use a curse word, I'm going to say not a damn thing. (laughs) Like it doesn't have (laughs) anything to do with this week. But that's how we get our feeling of fullness. Oh my gosh, I had three closings. Well, the thing is, the closing you had this week, you started that process in March. Or April, you didn't start it today. And so I think the cool part, the cool thing about the Daily Success Habits Tracker and where it gets all its power is it allows the gamification of the activities that lead to success. So for example, if we take one of the attendees who is on and let's just say we were talking to Gary Post and Gary says, you know, in a lot of weeks, I just feel like a failure. Well, the problem is because he's not measuring his activities he's doing that particular week. And if we take, Mike, the number of calls, emails, text, handwritten notes, and then we scroll down to open houses and door knocking, those are the five, the five purely prospecting activities on this list. And I was on one of your uh, fellow workman coaches who happens to be a coaching client of mine. Uh, on his Workman Success Systems platform called Workbench, and I'm looking at his daily success habit points. And guess how many prospecting, pure prospecting points they need, Mike, in order to get a sale? Oh,
1: probably 320, 330.
0: Your guess is awesome, but it's a little high. It's 259. Now, that number probably would be right on line with what you're saying if we included our buyer listing appointments, offers written, all of that kind of stuff. And see, that kind of information for those who don't have it is so empowering because it says this, I don't know what to do and I might not be the best at doing it, but if I can get 259 points trying it, I can get a closing. Because, see, that takes away all the stress of me having to always constantly bring the A game and having to have creative language and how to be smarter than your average consumer. Because, see, that won't work. But what will work is filling up the top three rows and then these two rows for open houses and door knocking. What will work is filling them up with points. Because if your skill set is lacking, you make a lot of phone calls and your skill set will improve. If well, you're that scenario,
1: with, you know, I just think about that 256, right? So, yep. if you know, it takes 256 points of revenue generating activities to generate a sale. Mm-hmm. The, the agent that I just hired yesterday, do they know where their first sale or their next sale is going to come from? They have no idea, right? But if I can sit down with them and share with them that if they put in 50 points a day of revenue generating activities at the end of the week, they have 250 points they are well on their way to their first sale. So it just breaks it down from, hey, I want to generate $7,500,000 of income in a year. What do I need to do in a month? And we can break that down to what do we need to do on a daily basis in order to hit the end of the year goal and we can track it with this document right here.
0: Love it. Hey, We just got a question from Terry uh, and she says, I may have misunderstood If a part of the coaching program is a daily tracker, an app that can be reviewed individually and as a team online. So, Terry, if you are not a Workman Success Systems client, at the end of the webinar, you'll be able to go download a fillable PDF version of this form and you'll be able to have your agents, you or your agents or you and your agents using that on a daily basis, really starting tomorrow. Dakota, if you'll make a note anybody who goes in and requests the download sometime by the end of the day today, I would like you to share one video and one video only. And that is the ramp video on the daily success habits, because I want people to really fully be educated on how to use it. If you're downloading and you're not a client, don't tell people that I'm giving you access to client only videos, but use that show your team, play it in your huddles, play it in your meeting, do whatever you want to. Now, if you are a coaching client, Terry, then you could use the daily success habits in a platform called Workbench, which means your agents could log on to the website or they could download the mobile app on their phone and they can enter all their DSH points. And then you as a team leader, if that's what you are, you can see everybody's results. And so that's how Mike's team would do it is they would enter into Workbench and then Mike would be reviewing it, or I think that's the way you would do it. And then you would be reviewing that with your coach, Jim Knowlton. Correct.
1: We actually review this every day in our, in our daily huddle. We pull up our leaderboard so that we can understand what was happening within our team. And um, as a team leader, if there's any impediments getting in the way of them doing the most important activities, that's what our, that's what we're there for is to remove them, those impediments.
0: So Mike, would you say that culture is an accidental thing because I think most leaders, I, excuse me, I think many leaders think either their culture is going to be good or their culture is not going to be good. And it's really outside of their control. And I don't think you feel that way.
1: No, I, I think that you absolutely have control over it. And it's, it's absolutely critical to what's going to happen within your team. And when I started, we didn't have a culture. I mean, the only culture that we probably had was I just like to have fun. And so that when we created our core values, we knew that have fun was going to have to be a part of our core values. And, and it still is. But that's something that really grew over time. I mean, I mean it had to be intentional. I talk to a lot of people about what is really important in the culture when we establish our core values. And um, it's something
0: that you need to just continuously work on. Love it. Just real quickly before we move from this, it gives someone the ability to track their dials and their conversations over a period of a day. It gives them the opportunity to track their activities on a daily basis in 30-minute increments. And the reality is, if you're working together with a group of agents and they did not do the right prospecting activities today, then at the end of the day, they can drive home and be absolutely positively assured that they have not moved their business forward. If they do the right prospecting activities, and even if they don't get the right result, even if Mike they make phone calls until their like ears are bleeding, if they don't get the results, they still have moved the business forward because it is impossible to have communication with prospects without converting some through your pipeline. Would you agree with that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I actually believe that that daily success have a tracker. If you're using it in the right way, it can be like the computer in your car. You know, you take it in the dealership, they get it diagnosed, all they do is hook it up to a machine and it will spit out. Heck, our laundry machine at home right now can connect to the Wi-Fi and they can troubleshoot it remotely. Yeah. We can use a daily success habit to see where the gaps are, where we're losing conversion opportunities. And a lot of times we just need to do a little tweak to improve conversion so that we don't have to work as hard to get what we want.
0: So I wanna go off script just a second because you've you've given me a great thought. And when you, so most people don't want To have sort of an internal computer like a washing machine that tells you when something is wrong, because most of us don't want anybody to tell us that we're less than most of us don't want anybody to say hey Mike you know you could be here but you're only here and here's what you do to get here. And so you have created a culture of productivity, you have created a culture where people are willing to discuss where they might be falling short. How did you make that a reality? And I'm sure there's, you still have some room for improvements there, but how did you make that a reality on your team? Because that's a big struggle that a lot of team leaders have is creating that accountability through awareness without making people feel badly about themselves.
1: Well, it's something that we have been talking about for a long time, and we just continue to have focus on it. Um, you know, when we, when we look at it right here on the screen, you know, structure is really important to us. So our entire morning... Is structured out. You know, we start the day at eight thirty with role play. It really gets us going. We practice. We it's like our warm up, right? And you know, an athlete gets into pregame warm ups before they play the game. So we role play before we play the game. Um, then we get into prospecting for two hours from nine to eleven. Yep. Eleven to eleven fifteen is your time to wrap up, get your metrics entered into the daily success habit tracker. And then at eleven fifteen, we have a huddle every single day, well, Monday through Friday. So Monday through Friday, we have a huddle. After the huddle, then we leave the flexibility in the daily routine to the agents based off of what their needs are. Are they showings? Are they self-improvement? Are they doing more prospecting if they don't have any business? But it's very structured. Um, our huddles, those they have an agenda. It's the same agenda every day and it's right there on the right-hand side. So. You know, we talk about happiness. We talk about culture. That's why the very first thing that we review right away is either a review of our core values or of the 10 scrolls from the greatest salesman in the world, or we have our culture committee talk about something that they feel is pressing. And so, so Mike,
0: let, let me ask you a question, and I'm so sorry to interrupt, but I don't see any of these nine items on here that say, Mike, Dash, shout-outs and wins, or Mike-introduce Dash marketing coordinator. I don't see that. So it seems like you're just an attendee at these meetings as well.
1: Correct. I don't even lead them. I'm, I'm just an attendee, and, and every head of every department has an opportunity to weigh in. You can see there's a lot of things that are team-based, but then we also turn it over to our listing team to provide an update, the closing coordinator, the marketing coordinator. So I'm an attendee. I'm not leading them. And, uh, and I'm not the one who is even leading a specific topic.
0: Mike, this is great information. If you joined us after we started the webinar, my name is Cleve Gaddis. I am a Workman Success Systems Master Coach. I'm in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm filling in today for Viral Workman. Thank you so much for being here. Um, I've got on the line with us Mike Koch. Uh, out of Wisconsin, he's uh, out of in the middle of nowhere, Wisconsin. That's that's the that that's how I'm going to describe your area. I'm sorry, Mike. I know that is disrespectful, but uh, there aren't too many huge cities in Wisconsin anyway, and you're in between a, a couple of those cities. You know, Tell them you where one you know are like- located.
1: When our Milwaukee Bucks beat your Atlanta Hawks last week in the NBA playoffs, I knew you were going to come back and be mean to me in some capacity. So I, should I, have, I, I can take that.
0: I, I take did that. not associate those two things, <laughs> but but I certainly, I deserve what you just said. And I was very sad. Our Atlanta Hawks don't win much. And I was hoping that we would uh, we would win something. And you took that away. But let me ask you a quick question about some of these items. Talk to me about shout outs. Why do you do shout outs? A lot of people think that's kind of weird to do shout outs.
1: Yeah, we talked about recognition earlier in the call, and um, that's really important for a team member to either give a shout out to another team member or just to express something that they've been working on for a long time and they won. And it might be as simple as an accepted offer, or it could be something um, even deeper than that. But one of our core values is to be positive. And when we start the meeting with core values or the scrolls or the culture committee, and then we go to team shout outs, it just sets the tone for the rest of the meeting that you know this is a positive thing. We're not just there to meet.
0: Yep, exactly. And so you're trying to make the meeting about everybody at the meeting and not about what you think they need to do. And please, if you're listening, get that concept, because if you think the purpose of a meeting is for you to dictate to everyone in that meeting what is supposed to happen, you are missing loads of opportunity for growth. Now, Mike, when you sit in the meeting as an attendee, <clears throat> how often does something come up or does somebody say something during that meeting where you go, Oh crap. I wish I hadn't heard that. That's not right. Or that's not the way we're <laughs> supposed to look at it. How often does that happen? You know, I don't think it happens that often because okay, but, we but, just but gotta- hit, well, let's just stop right there. But when it does, it gives you the opportunity to learn where what they're thinking doesn't match the way they need to think. And then and only then, Mike, do you have the power to start solving that problem. Well, and that's that.
1: that's part of the problem is that I'm a natural problem solver. When I hear something, I want to jump in and solve it. And that's right. been, you know, my evolution as a team leader, that's been one of the things I've had to work on is helping other people understand the problem and how to fix it on their own or how to collaborate with the team to fix it so it's not always... Mike fixing it. So it's really hard for me to sit back, but I have to try to sit back and let them talk their way through it first.
0: You've had to grow as a leader. And and even if they come to the wrong conclusion, as long as they're not doing something that's going to be harmful to the business's reputation, there's very little that you can't fix later. And sometimes you just got to let them do it that way. How often... Or or has it ever happened where you've heard people discussing something? They've come to a conclusion that was not what you thought they would come to. You've let them do it, and it's turned out to be a smashing success because it was their idea.
1: Yeah, I mean, you hire them to fill that role and that need. You need to give them the opportunity to do their job.
0: Love it, love it. Here, There there must be a couple of culture things going on here. Tell us about what's going on in these two pictures.
1: You know just again team related events some of these things are community based where we'll be out in the community but just working as a team over on the left hand side that's a booing event that's something that we do with our past clients we're not top 50 and it's really fun in the community so we're doing this as a team we had a dress up for halloween to go out and do that um, over here on the right hand side uh, this was just a team event to recognize our team members you know we gave awards away that day we did bowling um you know we we, we had food so just Uh, another sampling of team events. We just believe it's important to pull everybody together outside of the office because it's not just all about real estate.
0: Love it. And remember, everybody wants to be included. Everybody is trying to avoid the feeling of aloneness and anything you can do to help somebody with that will help them stick with your business. What do we have going on here? We got a second year anniversary. We got a birthday, all kinds of stuff. Talk to us about these. Just recognition,
1: you know, making people feel good, feel part of the team, let them know how important to the team they are here. Tyler on the left is celebrating his two year anniversary. So, um, you know, we have fun with that. It was a little bit different during COVID but we could still recognize him. Now we'll get back to doing some of the things that we used to do. Um, And then on the right-hand side, Chris had a birthday. You know, the, the team, the sport team does an amazing job of when we have a team member that has a birthday they decorate their area. We have a card that circulates, everybody on the team signs the card. Uh, We celebrate their birthday. We recognize them not only within the office, but outside the office as well. So just more personal recognition to each of them.
0: So now the next slide, we're going to switch over and talk a little bit about some social media stuff you do to make sure that the team gets good recognition. And you and I happen to be friends on Facebook, and we've been friends for many, many years. And what is so interesting is that what you're going to talk about next, I already know only because we're friends on Facebook. And so if you're not doing the right things from a social media standpoint, you're missing a tremendous opportunity to create this awareness and understanding in this community of sharing in all of your successes. And I clearly remember, I can picture seeing this exact graphic on social media and thinking, dang, 10 for the week is amazing. Now, I looked at it and I thought, well, that's a little weak. Mike's only at two, but maybe we'll get better uh, in the upcoming weeks. (laughs) I literally remember blowing it. And I was just kidding, by the way, about that. I think that's awesome. And it's only two out of 10. That means you're 20% of the production. But I remember blowing it up so I could look at it and see who had what. And I wondered, who is the guy on the left? I knew who Chris was. Who are the two on the right? I was interested. I was following you. I was participating. And you guys are masters at taking advantage of social media.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's every one of these individuals in this photo has their own social media business page, and we have a chance not to only recognize them on our page, but we want to tag them so that their audience. You know, sometimes people don't want to celebrate their own success, and so we're going to celebrate as a team their success, and we'll tag them so that it goes across their profile and they can share it with their audience as well. Love
0: it, love it. And what's going on in
1: the left? Uh, we just moved us into some new office space back in April. So this is the team getting together on moving day. And we just took a break and it and, uh, looks like Jim and, and Tyler put our client care coordinator, Ann, in a chair and wheeled her down the parking lot. So again, just trying to have fun with whatever's going on throughout the day.
0: So by, is it possible that not everybody who works for you gets an opportunity to have as much fun as they would like and to have as much enjoyment out of their personal lives as they, as they would like? Is that possible?
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, we're all dealing with different things outside of the workplace and um, the workplace is something that we can usually have fairly good control over. So if we can control it, then, Hey, let's take a break today and go outside and play bags for an hour. You know, let's just take a break and go for a walk, whatever it is. But uh, yeah, we're, we're all dealing with things outside of work. So we want to try to
0: have fun while we're here. Love it. As someone who went to Vegas last weekend for the Garth Brooks concert, the having your uh, gambling Paraphernalia in front of you. This looks like a lot of fun. Talk to us about what's going on here. This was actually during Leverage
1: this year. Um, You know, Leverage is a work on success um, in person conference that's put on every year for, I believe it's two days. There's a day of team building things and then two days of conferences. And it's the best real estate conference that I've ever been to. And we always like to take our entire team to it. Well, this year it was virtual uh, because of COVID back in January. So we wanted to replicate that as much as possible, not just have our team members sitting at their desk or sitting at home and just sitting on the couch and watching videos. We wanted it to be as much of an event as we could by, while being COVID uh, responsible. So we rented out the top of a restaurant where we had the entire space to ourselves. We had a 10 or 12 foot big screen where we participated in it. And then when we had breakout sessions, we'd all go to our own little sessions. And uh, we had food catered in. So we wanted to create as much of an event as we could. And then afterwards, we had a um, Vegas-style entertainment group come in. And we had rented space in another restaurant. So it was just us. We knew where our team members were at. We were very safe about it. And uh, we had them come in and set up a bunch of uh, gambling. I think that's craps. They had blackjack yes. tables set up. We brought in food and, and drinks. And we just had a, a Vegas entertainment night. So well, again, love just it. having fun with the team.
0: I'm not much of a gambler. That's why I didn't mention what kind of table it was, because I knew I'd get it wrong. (laughs) It's so awesome that you're doing that kind of stuff for your team. We've got a question from here from John Teal. Sounds like you must have paid him uh, to ask this question. He said, Mike is an amazing team leader and a great coach. No question specifically, except how do you do it all? And I would like to propose, Mike, that you probably don't work any more today than you worked when you started and you found coaching. I would say that you, I, I see a lot of your weekend posts on social media, and uh, I haven't seen one of you being on a listing appointment over the weekend. So, so how do you have time to do it all? And how do you, how is your personal work life balance now compared to when you started in coaching?
1: You know, that's something that I'm still working on, Cleve, is, is handing off more of what's happening throughout the day to other mm-hmm. capable team members that can take care of it. Cause yep. in reality, Mike's needed in very few places, right? I mean, if I can just help guide and remove impediments, I don't need to be in production. I don't need to be doing a lot of the daily tasks that I used to do just two years ago. Um, so it's about putting the right people in place and allowing them to do it and removing as many impediments as I can.
0: Love it. Got a question for you from Tammy Slay, who happens to be one of my most favorite attendees. And the question is, how many client events do you host a year and how many team member only events do you host a year?
1: So from a, from a team standpoint, Tammy, we like to have one significant event per quarter um, and then ideally two other less significant events uh, so that we're, we're trying to do something at least once a month with a team. And it could be something as insignificant as, hey, let's go out for appetizers and some beverages for an hour and a half, two hours at the end of the day. Um, it could be something a little bit more extravagant like this where um, we went out on a, on a dinner boat cruise. We had a private tour on one of our local lakes and uh, dinner was provided to the team and their spouses and, and beverages too. Um, from a community standpoint, things have really kind of shaken up with COVID. So we really didn't do a lot from a community event standpoint last year, other than um, playing some games and trying to give away gift cards to local businesses to support them throughout um, COVID. Now we're finally back into doing more events. So um, we've already done a a Chamber of Commerce um, golf outing we had a shredding event about a month ago. That was a community event. Anybody can bring their documents to our office. We had a shred truck shredded on site along with a food truck there and some other fun things. So ideally we'd be doing something at least once a quarter in the community too.
0: Tammy's also asking, do you invite spouses? And I assume she means, do you invite spouses to your company, uh, you know, team building events? Do, do you allow uh, them to bring spouses to some of the events, team only events?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, in this picture here, that boat crew's, that's the team and their significant others. Um, typically in January, we'll go to a hockey game. We'll go to our local college town, University of Wisconsin Badgers, we'll go to a hockey game and uh, we'll do dinner uh, beforehand and then some fun afterwards. And that's also a um, team member and significant other. And that's really important, right? Because these team members are here, part of the team, 40, 50, 55, 60 hours a week. And um, we want to get to know the significant others as well, so that we know who is behind the employee and the team members, significant others get a chance to meet the other team members that they hear are uh, people talking about.
0: And if, if, if a team member does not have the support of their significant other, what are the odds they're going to be happy and productive and profitable for you? Pretty small. I mean, it's pretty just- small. Just almost nothing. Uh, Tara says, we need more team events, LOL, so I can have more breaks. I think she is, she is, uh, uh she's, uh, she's buying your philosophy uh, that <laughs> team, team events will give her some more breaks. Let's talk about the balance between happiness and productivity. Cause as we stated at the beginning, a lot of times making more profit. Most people don't look at it and say, well, I'm going to make people happier and therefore I'm going to make more profit. In most cases, we look at business and say, I'm going to push people harder and I'm going to make it a little harder on them and I'm going to increase my profitability or I'm going to decrease my expenses and increase my profitability. But in your case, you believe those two go hand in hand. So talk to us about that.
1: You know, an interesting topic this morning. My, My coach runs a monthly coaching session with all his coaching clients. And that was this morning. And one of the things we talked about was, um, Customer service recovery. And, you know, one of our core values is to create an amazing client experience. And we had a situation where we didn't do that. Mm. And I wanted to hear from other team leaders what have you done in a situation where the service wasn't a 10 and the client wasn't happy? And there was some really great dialogue that took place within that conversation. And how do we recover now? And how do we? eliminate as much chance of that happening again as possible. And if one of our core values is to deliver an exceptional client experience, can we do that if we have a team member who is absolutely not happy in their role?
0: The answer is no. And what I think is very interesting, Mike, is if you ask a lot of team leaders, uh, you know, do they fall short from a customer service standpoint, the answer would be no. Now, the answer would really be yes, but their answer would be no. And it's such a, a, a It's such a mature, such a grown up way to look at the business to say, look, there are plenty of opportunities for us to fall short. We need to identify those and then we need to figure out how to solve that problem. And what's interesting is that is real. So my guess is, is that when you fell short in customer service, it might have been some administrative customer service uh, where we fell short on just a little bit, maybe coming from salaried employees. And I would assume you're going to have to have some conversations with people. And your goal is to keep them happy and keep them productive, but also to get them to do the right thing. So let's discuss that a little further. I think
1: that you could actually take that instead of the graphic that we have there, we could almost have a bar that would go up and down relative to each other. And, and the more the happiness bar went up, the, the productivity bar would be tied right to it. And it would absolutely go up as well.
0: I love that. I love that. And and you're not afraid to address people falling short because you think it won't make them happy. You're just going to address it in a way that respects them and protects them and provides them a safe space if you can. And then ultimately you hope they're going to improve and be Happier. And for those of you who are listening who don't quite understand that concept, put it in your notes and continue to research. People want to be challenged. People want to be pushed to improve people. I, I've never met anyone. And I asked them a question, hey, are you totally satisfied with your life? And had them go, yes, everything is just perfect. I'd never met anybody like that. And everybody wants to be somewhere different than they are today. And you, Mike, as a business leader, it's your responsibility to help them get there. Let's talk about accountability. We've talked about it. We've danced around it several times. And, and, you know, you have to create a culture of productivity and you do that through accountability. Well, accountability is a negative term. So if you said, Cleve, I want to hold you accountable. I'd say, well, too bad, because I don't want to be held accountable by you or anyone else. The reality is, is that I want to be accountable to myself. And so how do you create it where you get people's internal clocks to, um, to how do you get the internal clocks to sort of have them measure themselves as to whether or not they're producing the way they should?
1: Well, I think it starts really early on before you've even hired that team member, right? You've identified that they're going to be a good fit for the team and that they're going to follow the processes that are already there. And you have to make sure that you lay out the expectations early on. Um, Once we've done that, we have to have the systems and tools in place so that we can measure what's expected. And then we have to just be aware of what's going on. But um, I look at accountability a little bit differently in that you know, if if our kid runs out into the street and there's no consequence and we just allow them to keep doing that, they're likely to just keep doing it. And at some point there's probably gonna be a tragic event that's gonna happen and then they probably won't do it again. But if we take them aside and let them know why that's not a good thing and we hold them accountable, we do that because we care about them and we love them. And every year our agents are putting together a business plan. Every year they're building their vision boards. And when we meet with them, when we coach them, everything that we're doing is to help them reach their goals. My goals are based off of what their goals are. I'm not telling them they're going to sell 36 units in a year or that they're gonna provide the team with this much revenue. It's what do they want out of their career and how can I get them there? And when I coach them and hold them accountable, it's holding them accountable to the tasks and the things that they already want to be doing, but we're all human beings and we can be distracted and pulled in the wrong direction and lose focus on those things that are most important. And whether it's a team leader, a significant other, or a coach, we all need somebody there to hold us accountable. I need somebody there to hold me accountable. And that's why I still have a coach. Right. Because,
0: right? You're going to be at $2 million at GCI this year. And in order to keep growing and in order to have the business you want, you want a coach. And I love that concept. You may or may not realize it, Mike, but, but you're on to something significant when it comes to accountability. Because most people look at it as accountability is I'm going to tell you Mike Coke, what you need to do. And then I'm going to hold you accountable to that. But that's not what you said. What you said was, I'm going to learn what they want to achieve. And then I'm going to help hold them accountable to their goals. And so what happens when you're using your tracking that you're doing, the pending deals and closed deals and where everybody is year to date, and I know you're a master at that, and then you're combining that with the daily success habits. And you know, when we try to apply daily success habits, Mike, is it perfect? Does everybody do what they're supposed to all of the time? No, absolutely not. But you keep pushing it. And what happens is if you can get me, if I were a new agent on your team, if you can get me to keep up with my daily success habits, I become aware of how my activities or my lack thereof contribute to my overall success or lack thereof. Does that make
1: sense? Yeah, it makes sense. And I think Mm -hmm. that the people who are on this call that don't know what daily success habits are and that tracker, what's really important for them to understand is that that tracker is there for them. Mm -hmm. It's not a management tool. It's it's there to help them so they understand what they did in the day because if you go home and you you move the needle in the way of five points on your day because you're too yep. busy with other other things you have to be held accountable to your family so you just traded that eight hours of time with your family doing the things that you wanted to do for eight hours of busyness in the workplace that had absolutely nothing to do with moving the needle and getting you to where you want to go.
0: So what does your work schedule look like? And I know I'm just taking it about face and changing, but like, how much do you work?
1: Oh, I, st- I still work a fair amount because I just, I love what we do. Um, but for me, it's no longer about how many units can I sell? It's how can I change the lives of the team members? It's how can I impact the community? So, um,
0: so are you working
1: every night during the week? Um, I would say a lot of the nights I'll work in the evenings after we've had, you know, whether it's our family dinner or I've gone out golfing or we've gone for a boat ride, you know, I still, I still will check in.
0: Okay. And are you working most weekends?
1: Um, only if I have to.
0: Okay. So you, you, as you've grown the business from 200,000, Tara says he always works as you've grown the business from (laughs) 200,000 to 2 million. And the, the truth is, is that you haven't sacrificed your personal life in order to do that. And I hope that's a message that everybody takes away from. What are some things, and we've got just about four minutes left in today's presentation or today's discussion, what are some things you do on the team specifically to create more competition among team members? And you might have already brushed over some of those uh, during this presentation, but I want to make sure everybody's clear on the things that you do to create that competitive spirit in your brokerage, because you do have it.
1: Yeah, we, we free, well, we, we have a lot of competitive people within our team, so it's, you know, easy to create a competition and everybody wants to win. Nobody likes to lose, uh, but we frequently gamify whatever it is that we're trying to do. If it's trying to ramp up our appointments or if it's the money, money activity, money-making activities, whatever the item that we're trying to achieve within the team, we're going to gamify and create some kind of a challenge around it. We just wrapped up a, um, we called it kind of the balloon challenge, where um, again, it's measured through the daily success of a tracker and it's online. So every week at our team meeting, whoever had the most appointments met over the last seven days would be able to pop a balloon. And there, so there were seven balloons in a the cabinet, they'd all come out, and each balloon was cash. Cash was rolled up, you pop the balloon, you get to keep whatever cash is in there. Um, Every time we have an accepted offer, we shake dice. Whoever got the accepted offer, they get to shake dice uh, to celebrate that win of the accepted offer. So we'll shake dice and for that, they'll pay out cash. But we're always trying to gamify it, Cleve. I mean, making phone calls is not fun, but when you make phone calls and try to fill out a bingo card during evening prospecting so that you can win a prize, that makes it fun.
0: Yeah. And it's, people would look at it and say, well, pop a balloon, get some money. We used to do that in direct sales business, Mike, and we could get people to sell thousands and thousands of vacuum cleaners because they could pop balloons (laughs) on the wall. And it's amazing. So if you're listening to what Mike's saying about gamifying things and thinking, yeah, that's not me. Rethink that, please go back and look at ways that you can gamify things in your business to create a little bit more of a competitive spirit. Mike, we've got just a couple of minutes left. And I've got a question from you from Janet. And what a wonderful closing question, Janet. Thank you so much for asking this. But she wants to know what advice you would give someone who wants to start a team. So I'm guessing she doesn't have a team and she thinks she wants to start a team.
1: I would say, first off, Janet, why? Why do you want to start a team? You have to understand what your own why is and why you're doing it because there's going to be times that it's going to be really tough and you might second guess your decision on whether to start a team or not. So you have to understand your why, we all do. Like every single agent has to understand why do I get up in the morning? Why do I want to achieve these goals? And it's not gonna be about the money. There's gonna be some deeper connection there. So first Janet is come up with your why so you can understand what's driving the decision to start the team. If you are by yourself and you're a single agent, I would say, immediately look to hire somebody who can support you with what you're going to do. Because if you don't have that support, then you're doing all of those tasks that are taken away from you generating production. When you're starting a team, you are increasing production until you can turn that upside down and start pulling yourself back out of production so that you can focus on building the business. My goal is not to sell more units personally this year than I did last year. My goal is to do less, but surround myself with a team that together we can do more.
0: That is such good advice. Janet, if you'd like, please take down my mobile number. It's easy. It's 404-271-4275. That is my personal cell phone number. Again, it's 404-271-4275. If you'd like me to connect you with Mike separately, I don't even have to ask him if he'd be willing to have a conversation with you because I know the answer is hands down yes. And if I could give you any advice, you want to grow a team so that you can do good for the lives of the members of your team. And if that's your purpose in growing a team, it'll work out just fine. If you want to grow a team so you can make more money exclusively, probably something you should avoid and you should keep it just yourself. Guys, we've come up right on two o'clock. Mike, thank you so much, my brother. Uh, I have enjoyed this today. You as always have been a wealth of information and I cannot tell you how proud I am of you and your team and what you've done over the last 5 years it has been really inspiring for me to watch signing off from atlanta we'll talk to all of you soon and let's have a great finish of 2021 take care and go bucks go bucks, go bucks. that is true go bucks i'll cheer <laughs> for the bucks now go bucks see you later everybody Thanks, Steve. bye